Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to Championship Week in the world of fantasy football. Uh, you know me. I am your friendly neighborhood fantasy football analyst, Babs. You know the guy next to me, the legendary king, Bob Harris from Football Diehards and Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Bob Harris, uh, how was your holiday, my friend? Oh, it was delightful. There's much work got done. Football got watched. Things got, you know, all the usual assortment of, uh, of joyous, uh, glad tidings of comfort and joy and whatnot. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a typical Bob Harris uh, answer. Uh, how many, uh, and first off, let's congratulate anyone and everyone who made it to the finals. Uh, yes, uh, golf clap, golf clap. Uh, it, it's been a very difficult season. Uh, maybe one of the most difficult that I can remember. So congratulations to all of you who have gotten to the finals. Bob, uh, how many finals are you playing in this weekend? Uh, four. Yeah, I've got five. And um, one of the leagues that I thought I would be a shoe in where I went undefeated <clears throat> in the regular season. My guy Toss knocked me out. Six seed got in. Because that is, of sounds like bad knocked management. Knocked me out in the first round. So well done there. Amari Cooper uh, had a huge game and my guys. Uh, I needed I, 10 points from Amari Cooper. He crushed you. He crushed I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> what, what was that? He crushed you. He only needed 10 from Cooper. I I, I know. I, it was, it was a bad week. Uh, Cooper cup. No good. I, I had like you know Monte you, Adams. No good. Had a couple of those where you know you're. I felt like I was unexpectedly you know in a couple of semifinals and you get you get your hopes up a little bit because wow I don't really belong here and then I was demonstrated why I didn't belong there in the semifinal games. Uh, so it's almost like why did I make it here? But you know you get to compete. It's a good time. In one of my leagues, you know Tommy Dreamer, the great uh, right? iconic hardcore wrestler. He and all of my leagues. Six seed highest point total out of the the rest of the <clears> league <throat> now top five in standings. He is five and nine during the regular season, but <clears throat> get the playoffs. The highest. He's in the championship now. Yep, that's right. He that's beat, what, he that's beat the why you keep grinding all year. So, like, I mean, this weird. I mean, like, listen, my team was undefeated. I, I ran into a bad week. It is what it is. It happens, you know, man, all the time. Call it call it bad luck or whatever it is. I mean, that's that's. I mean, in your case, I like to call it bad fantasy management, but for most of us, it would be bad luck. All right, uh, let's let's move on here. Uh, yeah, so I've got um, five leagues that I'm in, and I've got a lot of hard decisions, and I think yeah. a lot of people have a lot of hard decisions, Bob. So uh, maybe we can help some of the folks out there, and you can help me because uh, we're we're going to start off with a a. Let's put it this way. Remember, remember like the whole thing about running backs are always heard. And that's why you don't draft a lot of them too highly. How about the wide receivers? Every single week, a wide receiver is getting hurt and multiple ones are getting hurt. And now mm. we've got to potentially worry about Amari Cooper on Thursday right. night. I'll, I'll uh, have a decision on that tonight to make uh, in one of my leagues as well. So in yeah. one of my championship rounds. So. Yep. Uh, before we get into uh, all the injuries, uh, first, we want to, of course, throw out a little bit of a shout out to bet online. The only people that don't get this time of the year, uh, those are pro athletes. And, and of course, bet online with NFL bowl season, NBA in full swing uh, over the holidays, bet online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have up to the second odds, news and info bet online has all the sports wagering info you need available with both desktop and mobile access head there today, get into the action. Remember to use the code believe. B-L-E-A-V, that's your promo code uh, to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All right, Let, first off, let's get into some of the quarterback news. 
Week three 17, quarter- the benching. <laughs> three quarterbacks have been benched, Bob. Let's talk about them. Yes, two. Russell Wilson uh, benched. Your thoughts? Uh, we should have seen this coming. Uh, now the reporting has come out that they, you know, threatened to bench him in October if he wasn't willing to adjust his contract, in particular their gar- injury guarantees, and that's why he's being benched. But also, like I go back a couple weeks with the uh, tongue lashing that Sean Payton gave him on the sidelines publicly. That's not an accident, right? I mean, you know that you're on primetime television. You're Sean Payton. Every cam is is going to be trained on that. That, that wasn't an accident. I'll just say that. And so uh, we should have foreseen something along these lines. I don't know if a benching, I mean, they're still have an outside shot at the playoffs. Uh, Peyton claims that Jarrett Stidham gives them a chance, a better chance to win. I don't know. We've seen Jarrett Stidham in, in this movie before uh, when he was a Raider and, and he fared reasonably well. I don't know that those are my expectations. Cortland Sutton, who I'm sure we'll talk about is concussed and uh, not a lot to play. I don't have any faith in Jerry Judy or the other pieces to deliver at a high level. So, uh, it's a great matchup. So, you know, anything is possible against the Chargers. So uh, I, I'd probably be le- leaning more heavily on Javante Williams in this game than I would in most. Yeah, uh, Javante is certainly a, a good start this week. It really is his best game in the last month and a half came against uh, L.A. Uh, Sam Howell's been benched. Jacoby Brissett will get the start. I don't think that really matters much from a fantasy perspective because, uh, you know, I'm still... San Francisco is a tough matchup. Well, right, it's, unless you're Lamar Jackson. Uh, what's that? Unless you're Lamar Jackson. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Well, I mean, the Niners, um, great great game, though. Uh, Fantastic game uh, on Christmas night. Uh, Tommy DeVito, it's over. He's been benched. Um, And Tyrod Taylor will get to start against the Rams this week. Uh, That's an upgrade, uh, certainly for the Giants offense, although they really don't have a lot of pieces that you can trust. Uh, Saquon, Darren Waller. uh, Might take a flyer on Waller. Would be out there, yeah. Uh, Moving on to the quarterback injuries, C.J. Stroud. Uh, has been back to practice on limited basis, uh, dealing with the concussion. Hopefully he can come back. Trevor Lawrence uh, so far has not been practicing. He's dealing with the shoulder uh, and a multitude of other injuries. Uh, Brock Purdy's got that shoulder stinger, but I, I would expect that he's going to be able to go this Full week. practice Wednesday to open the week. Yeah, so I, I think Purdy will probably be in, in a good spot and great matchup against the commanders. Really the running good. backs, a reminder, Stevenson got put on injured reserve, so – He's done. You can continue to play Zeke Elliott this week if you so desire. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, though, first off, can you get the damn guy at home at that? Don't come off his head. Like, geez, Louise. Um, he was concussed last week after he took an, a knee and then a foot to his helmetless noggin. Uh, not good. And with Jarek McKinnon also hurt, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be in a lot of lineups if Pacheco is not able to yeah, go. Yeah, against uh, the Bengals, super, super nice matchup. I mean, all, all the Chiefs have a really good matchup. I think the this, this is going to be interesting. Some interesting decisions uh, for managers who maybe, you know, have played Mahomes and somehow won despite his poor performances. They're going to be super tempted to play him again this week. I don't blame them. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, you're going to have to watch this closely. Good matchup for all involved, though, including CEH. Uh, Josh Jacobs continues to be uh, out of action with the quadriceps. Uh, Zamir White's been pretty good in his absence. Not sure of his uh, his uh, in terms of his status this week. Uh, Ken Walker uh, popped <clears> up <throat> on the injury report again with a shoulder and an illness. Najee Harris popped up uh, against Seattle uh, with a knee. He I think this is the norm. Yeah, that's been the norm. He He's be been fine. off every Wednesday. I would guess Walker's going to be fine. Uh, well, we're still waiting on word on Brian Robinson and, uh, and Chris Rodriguez there. Rodriguez the- went on IR this morning. So, oh, he did. Okay. I missed that. So there you go. So Chris Rodriguez, uh, out now for the rest of the season, which means I would guess Brian Robinson's probably going to play this week, right? 
I, I started out the week with a limited practice. I would guess that's the case too. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Devon Achan, uh, he dealing with the toe. I just don't think he's healthy, Bob. I, I think he's dealing with a few injuries. His numbers have not been great lately. So he's, uh, he's a bit of a risk against Baltimore wide receivers. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Still in concussion protocol. The last that I've heard. So uh, yes, un unsure to play against the Raiders. Uh, Jalen Waddle, Bob, what are you hearing about Waddle? Because the reports were a high ankle sprain well, and uh, he's not practicing. Are we, are we basically suggesting to folks that they need to find an alternative? So the reports came from directly from Mike McDaniel, right? <laughs> Mike McDaniel said it's a high sprain. We thought it was something else. It's a high sprain. So, mm -hmm. uh, but he wouldn't rule him out as of yesterday. So, you know, he did not practice. So, I mean, I try to be realistic. I mean, the number of players who have played immediately after high ankle sprains in my recent memory is one. Uh, and his name is Trevor Lawrence. Trevor and he Lawrence, does yeah. a lot of weird stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, it's a whole different game. So I'd be... I'd be looking, I'd be having somebody on standby for sure. Get your uh, Jordan ready. Addison. Yeah. Jordan Addison's dealing with an injury as well. My guess is that he probably won't play. Although, you know, they're considering him day to day. Uh, that is the last game of the weekend. So right. if you have Addison, make sure you pick up KJ Osborne uh, as insurance. If you're going to play one of those, yeah, there's not a lot on the other side you can count on either. Right. No. At this point. Yeah. It, it's hard. I mean, it, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Jayden it's Reed. a bad week. Octavian Wicks. Right. It's a bad week for the Packers to be a, a night game. Because yeah. you, you almost have to play other players uh, just to be safe, unless we hear something positive from those right. uh, players in terms of the beat writers and maybe their uh, practice reports. So keep that in mind. Uh, the tight ends, and this one stinks, TJ Hawkinson, uh, ACL and MCL out for the right. year. Who knows what his status is for the start of next season. Uh, Josh Oliver, any interest this week? Nope. No. All right. Moving on. <laughs> There's a lot uh, of streamers this week that I prefer over him. No, no short. Uh, Cole Komet's got a knee. We're not sure about his status. And he had been pretty darn good the last month or so. So we could lose Cole Komet, Hunter Henry, uh, Michael Mayer also uh, dealing with injuries. Not that we're starting Michael Mayer, but Hunter Henry had been really good. Um, not Touchdown. sure if we're going to get him back. Right. Touchdown. I, I think he's probably looking a little better this week than he did last week. But, but also just surprising on the wide receiver injury report, no DJ Moore. Uh, anyone who watched the Sunday's game could see he was clearly not a hundred percent injured an ankle ended up being a decoy. So I was eager to see where he was at. Darnell Mooney turned up with a concussion though. He is on the injury report, but on the other, you know, the, the weird thing for me, I, and I expected Komet to be there. I mean, he missed, you know, and he, he was unstoppable while he was playing. I uh, what he had a hundred yards and a half. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm interested to see what DJ Moore, if they like, if, he turns up at some point on this because he was clearly uh, not 100%. That He's game. dealing with an ankle, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the matchup's not great this week for DJ nope. Moore either uh, against Atlanta. So uh, you may want to err on the side of caution there. All right, let's get into Thursday night football. Jets and Browns. I believe this is a rematch of the first ever Monday night football game, right? I'm pretty sure that that was I the think. first game ever on Monday night. Jets-Browns. Um, Tosh, you can look that up. But I'm pretty sure that's that's accurate. Uh, the Browns are a seven and a half point favorite at home. The total is very low at 34 and a half. The Jets on the money line minus one, uh, minus 340. The Browns plus 270. Uh, looking at the wagering trends, Jets six and nine against the spread this year. They're two and four against the spread on the road. Uh, 10 of 15 games have gone under, and they and all but one of their games on the road have gone under. Uh, so keep that in mind when you're potentially putting in your wagers for the evening. Uh, the Browns nine and five against the spread this year. They're seven and zero against the spread at home. 
Um, that's pretty impressive stuff. Uh, they have gone under in six of seven home games. So again, the trend is under the trend is the Browns. Um, and yes, Toss, thank you. First Monday night game Browns beat the jets 31 to 21 in 1970. Uh, and that game went over. <laughs> I love it. Uh, by the way, 1970. So Bob, you've been covering fantasy football for about what? 20 years at that point. Um, uh, we, we know you're, we know, <laughs> we know you're, you're a wily veteran. Uh, all right. Next up Browns four and three against the spread. In their last seven Thursday night games, the jets two and six against the spread in their last eight Thursday night games. Uh, and the big question mark here is Amari Cooper who popped up on the injury report dealing with a heel injury. Um, and th- this, this matchup stinks in a lot right. of ways <laughs> because, and here's why. First off, we'll, t- we'll talk about the Jets. Brees Hall is coming off a huge game. Huge. The Browns have allowed 16 points per game to running backs in their stadium this year. Fifth least. That's not good for Brees Hall. Yeah. Three running backs all year long, Bob, have scored 14-plus points against the Browns in Cleveland. Uh, Jalen Warren, Travis Etienne, and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, any concerns about Brees Hall? Because I, yes. I, I'm going to have to play him. <laughs> But I, I'm not, I am not thrilled about it. Right, you should lower your expectations. And maybe take a look at a wider window of a, a greater range of players that you know might be available to you. But, but in the end, Brees Hall is like one of those backs that's capable of making huge plays. You know, he's a great big play threat, and and we've seen running backs make big plays against the Browns on occasion. It is not mm-hmm. the norm. Um, but but I think if you get this far, I'd, I'd have a hard time sitting like. Great players, and he has been, a, you know, for the most part, a great player. Great players stuck in a lousy offense, working yeah. behind a poor offensive line. He still manages to get a heck of a lot done. Uh, I'd be, you know, I'd, I'd be checking those options, but I'm not sure I'd have many that that much better. Um, and then, I mean, really the only other startable Jet, unless you go with the Jets' defense, is Garrett Wilson. Listen to this stat, Bob. I was I was looking this stuff up this morning, and I and I still can't believe that this is true. First off, the Browns have allowed the fewest fantasy points to road wide receivers, which means they're very tough at home. 16.6 points per game allowed to wide receivers at home. Not one, the opponent's combined wide receiver group, 16.6 points per game allowed. The Browns, Bob, listen to this, have allowed one wide receiver, one, to score double digits against them at home this year. That was yeah. Brandon Ayuk, and he had 11.6. Yep. And that's among 40 visiting wide receivers to Cleveland. This is an awful matchup for Garrett Wilson. Uh, is there is there a world, Bob, where you can sit him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've probably had players rise up or, or in the same range that you drafted me later. Like, you could play George Pickens this week. Maybe Pickens is a guy you haven't been playing. I know, you know, it sounds like you're chasing points, but it's also a good matchup against Seattle. Uh, you could probably play, you know, a Tyler Lockett, a Brandon Cooks. I mean, there are, I think there are plenty of guys who have risen up and can give you that kind of, you know, that kind of uh, production uh, given the matchup. I, I'd be, I think he's easier to replace for me than Brees Hall. I don't think there's a lot of running backs in the same range right. that are going to be available or, or with his, with his upside that are going to be available. Well, I think there's a plethora of in wide one of my leagues, available. My choice was Amari Cooper or Garrett Wilson as my wide receiver too. And I have to, I have to start one of them. And now originally you said you start Wilson right now until you find out right. and then Cooper, you know, then you have a tough decision, right? And we'll talk yeah. about, you know, the, the Brown side of the offense here, but, but it, mm-hmm. it is a tough decision. That team, you know, there's something about matchups 
that I think as fantasy managers, we, I know I do. I think we all do is you get bad matchup in your mind and you inflate it to the worst possible matchup ever known to man. When maybe your, your side is playing well enough in in, like you maybe play players that are not going to have a similar floor even. Mm -hmm. And so just watch that. Don't give up a good floor uh, for no floor. Yeah, uh, and uh, let's talk about that first for the Browns. There's I only see one must-start player, and that's David Njoku on this sure. roster. Uh, also, the defense. Browns' defense right. is a great play uh, against uh, Trevor Simeon and the Jets. <laughs> uh, let's start off, though, with Joe Flacco. Sure. Joe Flacco has been phenomenal uh, the last three weeks. He's been in the top 10 in points uh, over the weeks, last four yards at quarterback. He's been better than Patrick Mahomes, uh, among other bigger-named quarterbacks. The Jets have allowed 15 and a half points per game to home quarterbacks this season, seventh fewest in the mm-hmm. league. Give me, give me a um give me a cliff for Flacco. Like if if it's Flacco and Tua, are you going Flacco? Well, you know, Tua's a little beat up. Right? So I mean it'd be a hard decision right now. I mean, I think Tua's gonna play, but will he have all his pieces? I'm probably still leaning Tua here. I'm probably leaning most of the guys that I have drafted ahead of Flacco. I mean, Flacco is obviously someone you didn't acquire until late. If you've been rolling with him, it's been fantastic. I'm one of those people who's been rolling with him. It's a thousand yards over four games, has as many touchdowns as Matthew Stafford and Brock Purdy during that span. Mm-hmm. It's been phenomenal. This is a super tough matchup. I'm going to be looking at my Patrick Mahomes and, uh, and, and others, you know, that maybe I've been dialed back on, maybe hoping CJ Stroud can make it back against Tennessee in a super favorable right. matchup. Uh, yep. But you're not going to know that in advance, so you might have to do it. So it's a tough. I'd probably play Baker Mayfield ahead of him, even though it's a kind of a tough matchup for Baker, too. Mm-hmm. I've definitely played Derek Carr in a super favorable matchup. Uh, so, I mean, there's I'm not I'm looking for reasons not to play Flacco in this one. I've been riding that. Role. So and there you get to another point where it's almost like the train's got to run off the tracks at some point. Right. Yeah, well, you, you get that for you. We've had a tremendous four game run and nothing against Flacco. I think he's been phenomenal. Also think that, that he's allowed Kevin Stefanski to run the kind of offense he's always wanted to run. Right. right. I mean, this offense has gone from run heavy, which it's been almost by necessity due to lack of quarterback play since Stefanski arrived. And now all of a sudden he gets this opportunity. You're seeing them throw 40 times a game. This yep. is what he would love to do. Uh, this might be tough to do in this game. Yeah, uh, also a revenge game for Flacco too. You know how I love. Yeah, my the last game. he he started last year in the against the Browns. Yeah, for the yeah. Jets. Uh, Jerome Ford is a good play as a flex. The Jets have given up the sixth most points to running backs uh, on the road. Uh, also keep in mind, as Bob said, they're not running as much, so Ford's going to have to get some of that uh, production through the air as a pass catcher. And uh, Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. We talked about Amari Cooper. If Amari Cooper is active he would be facing a Jets defense that's allowed the fewest fantasy points to home wide receivers. And they've allowed three wide receivers to score 20 plus points against them at, uh, on the road this year. So <clears throat> three guys have had big games against them uh, on the road. <clears throat> I would certainly go with Amari Cooper over Garrett Wilson, but I don't know if Amari Cooper's going to play. I don't either. Uh, I've all test wise though. Like it's a tough matchup for Cooper. No doubt. It's a tough matchup for the Jets. Cooper's a tough matchup for the Jets. If you watched him play, I mean, he is he's playing as good as anybody right now, uh, making the acrobatic catches, the sideline catches. Joe Flacco is fearlessly putting the ball in super tight windows, uh, knowing how good Amari Cooper is. I think it's a, it's been a great combo. So, like, I'm not going to rule Cooper out if he's playing. And if my options are guys like Wilson and, you know, in a poor offense in an in a, in a equally unfavorable matchup, 
that's not that hard a decision for me. The, the, the hard decision, the hard part of the decision is, you know, going in with someone like I'm injury agnostic. You said something at the top like this year, it's the wide receivers get hurt. It's somebody gets hurt every year. It's the nature of the game. But, you know, being injury agnostic does not mean being an idiot. Like if somebody goes into a game hurt, if they're already injured, then that is, that's that's got to be part of your equation. And and when you're looking at your alternatives, uh, you have to be mindful of that. Uh, let's get into uh, some of Jen Piacenti's player props for the contest. Uh, she likes Brees Hall over 31 and a half receiving yards at minus 110. Amari Cooper over 54 and a half receiving yards at minus 110 if he plays. Uh, Garrett Wilson over 45 and a half receiving yards at minus 110. Now don't get excited about that because 46 yards will get him over. And uh, that's not really a great fantasy performance. Yeah. Uh, David Njoku, anytime touchdown at plus 195. I like that one. Uh, plus 195, been, yes. He's been fantastic. Uh, all right, Bob, just quickly, let's go through some of the uh, bargains and fades here uh, from a DFS perspective, uh, looking over at DraftKings at quarterback. Matthew Stafford, 6,600 bucks against the Giants and Kyler Murray mm. against the Eagles at $6,300. What say you? Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Murray play. He's only got one weapon downfield. Well, we'll see if Marquise Brown returns this week. He had he a good game open. last week, though, against a tougher defense. Granted, it, it is. It's true. But his wide receivers are doing him no favors. Zero favors. He can't get any help from his wide receivers. I, you know, I'm not against playing him. And I think in DFS in particular, if it's a tournament play, I'd maybe be fine with that because it'd allow you to get some super high price pieces at, uh, at the other position. So mm-hmm. always something to be said for that. And Brock Purdy, I think, is the is the is the is the play this week. I think people will be in tournaments. People will be off He's him seven thousand. I think right. Right. People yeah. will be off him a little bit coming off a bad game, and and also you know with the shoulder issue, people might fade a little bit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of fades, Patrick Mahomes has been a fade for me for like weeks in DFS. He's way too expensive at seventy five hundred bucks. Uh, two is too expensive against the Ravens at $7,400 for me. Uh, at running back, Javante Williams should get a lot of carries and a lot of work with Jared Sidham under center. At least we would expect that against the Lightning Bolts, $5,600. Uh, thoughts about Najee Harris, Bob, against Seattle. Really good matchup. They are not good against running backs, especially at home some, for some reason or yeah. another. Uh, he's at $5,000. Yeah, that's a good value for me. I think I like that one. I think, he, you know, last week was uh, kind of encouraging for me. Yeah, uh, Alvin Kamara is a fade at $7,500. That's expensive against the Bucks. Saquon Barkley against the Rams at $6,900. A little too much for me as well. Bargains. I went real deep here, Bob. I want your thoughts on these two. Greg Dortch, assuming no Hollywood Brown, $4,200 against the Eagles, who are awful against wide receivers. And DJ Chark, who had a great game last week, faces the Jaguars, who are brutal against wide receivers. And oh, by the way, revenge game, 3600 bucks. Right. I mean, the price is right. I mean, go ahead. Indulge yourself, especially in tournaments. Last week, he was the slate breaker, right? I mean, he was the guy that got you over the top and won you a lot of money. So I'm not against it, but don't, don't, not looking to chase the points, but as a tournament play, kind of a flyer, I'm fine with it. Uh, my fades at wide receiver, Devontae Adams against the Colts at 7,400. Calvin Ridley against the Panthers. We're not sure who the quarterback's going to be, regardless. $6,700 is expensive. Let's go back to Devontae Adams, Bob. Uh, is he a guy that, that you can sit this week um, if you've got another, like say you're, I'm trying to think of like a wide receiver off the top of my head that, it's, you know, maybe someone who was able to pick up off the waiver wire uh, or maybe somebody's got a, a wide receiver who's potentially floating around on their bench. Like Adam Thielen's got a really good matchup this week. Like, would you play Thielen over Devonte Adams or are you kind of still going to stick with DA? Probably going to stick with DA. I like the matchup for him, honestly. I think this will this will funnel some looks down down the middle of the field to him. So uh, that cover three is uh, has been money for everybody. So I'm hoping it'll be money for him. 
Uh, tight end bargains, Chigga Conquo. Let's get Chiggy with it. Finally had a huge game last week. Uh, only $3,600 against the Texans. Then Gerald Everett, who I'm not even playing. Uh, I'm not talking about playing him just in DFS, but in traditional as well. Uh, against Broncos. the Broncos, $3,500. Great matchup for Everett. Uh, my fades, Dalton Kincaid is too expensive, and he's done nothing for three weeks uh, since Dawson Knox's return. And then Taysom Hill, uh, another guy who's done nothing for the last few weeks, 4400 bucks against the Buccaneers. Uh, thoughts on those two? Um, I, I still think we're making maybe a little bit of a misjudgment on the Kincaid. Is it Knox or is it the change in offensive coordinators? Is it a multi a little bit of both, yeah. Right. Yeah. And also, I mean, Stephon Diggs would like to say, oh, hell, fade him, fade me. <laughs> you know, nine straight games without 100 yards after going getting five in the first six. So this offense has shifted noticeably. So I'm not against yeah. uh, fading Kincaid. They're, again, they're, I think they're the guys you mentioned are all uh, fish in the tight end sea that I'd be interested in. The good thing about Diggs is that he has owned the Patriots in his career. Uh, we'll talk about that. Let's get to let's get to the uh, stardom and sit him for the week. Uh, it's for all the marbles, kids. Right? I mean, th this is nut cutting time. Put up or shut up. Uh, starts and sits for week 17. Following the process, not trusting it. Keep that in mind. I've always said that <laughs> because predicting the future is really hard. Uh, all right, so let's start off with the quarterback position. Uh, a little bit of low-hanging fruit, but hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in with it. Uh, there's only two teams left in every fantasy league for the most part. Uh, Dak Prescott against the Lions, my beloveds, uh, should put up a big number against Detroit. Uh, the total opened at 53 and a half. I'm not sure what it is right now, but it's ballpark. Uh, the Lions have allowed the fourth highest schedule adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks this season uh, based on the information from our pals over at Fantasy Points Data. Uh, Dak's going to be a top 10 option, maybe a top five option. I like Justin Fields. I know DJ Moore is banged up, but Atlanta has allowed 17 plus points to quarterback seven times, including four who've gone over 20. They've also given up the seventh most rushing yards to quarterbacks. That's big when you're talking about Justin Fields. Uh, Bob talked about Brock Purdy. As long as he's active, he has a start against the commanders who are awful against quarterbacks. Uh, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray also starts for me. I know Bob is not as big on Kyler Murray. Um, if I'm looking at the numbers, the Eagles, 31 touchdown passes allowed. The second most fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks uh, this season. What are your thoughts on some of these guys, Bob? Uh, like most of them, Brock Purdy, 49ers have, I think, an implied total of 30. He's going to have a hand in a fair amount of that could be a good game for Debo, Christian McCaffrey. I, I mean, the concern is, does Christian McCaffrey run the ball? And I don't think so. He's as liable to run in a pass and you have a catch and run as anything. So I'm kind of in on Purdy. And I, and I, and, and like on, you, you mentioned Greg Dortch earlier, and I do think he's the one piece that's kind of been a, a little bit of a life preserver, at least at the wide opposition. But I mean, I say that it's been minimal, right? I mean, the, 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 the wide receiver production just on the whole for that team has been minimal. So that's, yeah. that's my only concern with Murray. And he hasn't been running the way he ran, you know, in past seasons. So uh, a little off the top, look, he's still a playable commodity in a great matchup. I'm just not like eagerly pushing him ahead of some of these other players. You yeah. I've got him. I kind of like as a, you know, a low end QB one this week in my sure. ranking uh, to a tongue of a uh, leads the sit -em quarterbacks. Uh, he has scored fewer than 16 points in four of his last five games, including two games in, in single digits. That's not good. Uh, Baltimore second fewest points allowed to quarterback. So uh, two is a fade for me. Jake Browning's a fade for me as well against the chiefs. Uh, their defense has allowed the fifth fewest points to road quarterbacks, and just one has scored more than 18.9 points against them at Arrowhead. Uh, so Browning is probably a flex option in a super flex league at best. Uh, I'm not digging Geno Smith. You know, he, he was he was okay the last, the, you know, he's been okay the last couple of times he's been on the field. But Pittsburgh's defense allowing fewer than 15 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks uh, this season. 
Nick Mullins, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's playing, right? There's been a Careful. little rumbling that we're not really sure who, who the quarterback's <laughs> going to be for the Vikings. But um, regardless, I'm not going into that mess. Uh, I know he had 400 Sunday yards night. passing, but he also had four picks last week. I'm sure so, he's going to be at a short lease. Uh, Jaron Hall getting like sharing reps with him, first team reps are early in practice. Yeah, maybe not the best thing for uh, our wide receiver. For, from a fantasy perspective, I want Mullins to play. I don't want Jaron Hall in there. I don't. Uh, Gardner Minshew, also a fade for me against the Raiders, who yep. just held Patrick Mahomes to under 17 fantasy points uh, in a roadie. So uh, that that's uh, that's wrapping up the, the sit-em quarterbacks, Bob. Is any, any thought? Uh, Mr. Harris on those players. Um, I probably will be sitting most of them myself if I have that uh, decision. And I do on Tua, so probably will be uh, avoiding him if possible. All right, next up, the running backs. Start them. Uh, Travis Etienne's my start of the week, and I know you may well come on. Etienne's, you know, the, the you know one of the five best runners in fantasy football. His numbers the last two weeks have been awful. He's been terrible, and he's averaged fewer than three yards a rush in those two games. But Carolina, we've said this before. We'll say it again right here. They are oftentimes the elixir for a struggling running back. So uh, keep the faith in Etienne. Uh, DeAndre Swift, 20 touches in two straight games. Really good matchup this week against the Cardinals. Uh, they've given up the third most fantasy points to running backs in the last four weeks. So DeAndre Swift is a startable asset. Touchdowns. What's that? Needs some touchdowns. Yeah, we, yeah. well, he got into the end zone last week. And remember right. the week before that? He almost got in twice. Close. He got tackled inside the five. Close doesn't do it. <clears throat> I, I know. I get it. I know. But the point is, he's getting. He's been better lately. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Javante Williams as a play in DFS and in traditional, and then Najee Harris as well. Uh, Seattle's given up the third most points to running backs at home, yep. which is strange. Um, uh, Chuba Hubbard also, for me at least, is a startable flex option when you look at the volume that he's getting. Um, and the Jaguars have allowed five touchdowns and the fourth most fantasy points to running backs in the last four weeks. Yeah. He's uh watch his watch the injury report. He was limited to open the week with a hamstring issue. All right. Sit him running backs. I got Tony Pollard on this list. Listen, I love the Cowboys. I'm, I'm unbiased though here. He has been bad the last two weeks, 13 combined points. Detroit has allowed the fewest rushing yards and the fewest PPR points to running backs. Tony Pollard is not a must start. Uh, he had a better stretch middle of the season and lately it's gone downhill. Just not a good matchup for Pollard. So beware Tony Pollard. And in that same game, beware David Montgomery. Like I, I, Jameer Gibbs is just so damn good. You got to play him. But no team in the league has given up fewer points to road running backs than my beloved Dallas Cowboys. And of course, Gibbs being Gibbs, that's hurting Montgomery's ceiling lately. Uh, Damon Achan. His last two games, Bob, have not been good. I mean, if you start him, it's kind of a temper your expectations kind of thing. Uh, the Ravens are Swing for the fence home. play. What's that? Swing for the fence play. You're hoping he gets right. into multi-touchdown games. You have to worry about the floor, though, uh, in that scenario. Yeah. Zeke Elliott, I have him as a, as a sit-em for standard league players only, okay? Uh, he rushed for just 52 yards combined in his last two games. He's averaging 2.3 yards per rush. The Bills have allowed the second fewest points to running backs on runs since week 13. The fact is, though, that Zeke is such a, a, a contributor as a pass catcher that in PPR leagues, he's still a very good play. In standard leagues, maybe not so much. And then Khalil Herbert. Deontay Foreman came back to practice this week. He, he missed last week with a personal issue. Uh, I know Herbert had a big game last week. I am fading him against Atlanta, though, Bob. Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> big time. And we could have Deontay Foreman back. We don't know. He's 
Interestingly, still listed on the injury report as personal matter. He talked about it a little bit yesterday. He said there were some mental issues or, you know, getting his head right. And so, uh, but he could be back in that further muddy water. Uh, moving on to the wide receivers, the stardom. I mean, any Niner who's playing against the Commanders who's got any kind of value, play them. You know, Debo had a bad game last week, but who cares? For the uh, he had been phenomenal the, the before previous weeks. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, both need to be in your lineup. I put Diggs in here, Bob, and I think it's the first time I've ever had Stefan Diggs in here because, like, he's too obvious. But he has scored single-digit points in three straight games in five of his last six. You mentioned the change in the offensive philosophy there with a the new offensive coordinator. But he has owned New England. He has beat them for at least 17 points in four straight games in five of his last six. I don't have Diggs ranked in my top 10 at wide receiver. He's still a wide receiver, too, for me, Bob. What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm right with you there. I mean, I, you know, until we see some adjust with the offense, I'd keep your expectations checked. You can't sit him. I, I mean, you know, I, I'd be hard-pressed to sit him. But uh, maybe if you've had – I'm trying to think of the, the receivers I would have the intestinal fortitude. Uh, to play <laughs> over him that would not be on the radar regularly. And, and I mean, it's just a tough call. They, again, I we're big proponent of divorcing the name for the numbers, but also, you know, when you divorce the name from the numbers, you're divorcing the history that goes with that name. And Stefan Diggs' history is strong. This, this, you know, in the big picture, this nine game stretch is a little bit of a blip on the radar. Who was the wrestler that always used to say intestinal fortitude? Who was it? I was it one of the Von Eric brothers? I can't remember. No. I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up because uh, you know me and my wrestling. All right. Uh, I can't remember who said it. Damn it. Um, I- I'll-, I'll think about it. Nico Collins. I like him against the Titans. Uh, fourth most receiving yards. Fifth most points per game allowed. Uh, the Tennessee Titans uh, have-, have been bad against the perimeter. So Collins is a good play. Rasheed Rice was a bit of a disappointment last week. I'm still going to play him against the Bengals. Uh, they've allowed five touchdowns and the fourth most points to receivers over the last four weeks. I like Terry McLaurin this week, Bob. I mean, y- y- give me your thoughts on him. And I know that, you know, he's been tough to trust. He's had single digits in five of his last six games. The Niners mm. are not great against receivers, though. They're not. They're giving up the ninth most points to the perimeter. And you would think that the commanders are going to be playing from behind in this game, which means negative game script, which means throw. Uh, what are your thoughts on McLaurin? But play him over Garrett Wilson. I mean, I think that, you know, we're that, okay. right. I mean, I think he's he's one of those guys that would be on my list of players. Like if I'm looking at a Garrett Wilson decision, I could, I could easily play McLaurin there. Uh, the sit wide receivers, there's some big names on the list. Uh, Bob, George Pickens came out of nowhere and had 35 and a half points. He had 195 yards. He had two touchdowns. He went absolutely nuclear against the Bengals. But he had failed to score double digits in seven of his previous eight games. And Seattle's only given up four touchdowns to wide receivers at home this year. Are you favoring Pickens in this matchup? Do you trust him? No, I have zero trust in him. I'd play him over Garrett Wilson. If that we're doing the Garrett that, that, Wilson, that's, that's, that, that's, that's, that's your Mendoza that, line, right? That's my Mendoza. Look, I mean, you know, again, but they haven't been making big plays. Could this be Mason Rudolph for later? Or just his willingness to wing it, you know, to, to chuck it down yeah. the field. Uh, seemed to be working in George Pickens' favor. And also, there were other things going on for Pickens, you know, last week where in the previous game he didn't throw a block and, you know, right. got called out in front of the team and there was a lot of criticism and stuff. And this may yep. have been an effort to get him course corrected. So, yeah. 
Uh, Calvin Ridley, I don't love, and I don't love him even uh, more. Does that make sense? Uh, if Trevor Lawrence is out, I, I love him less. Let's put it that way. Lawrence, uh, you're going to be limited in today's practice on Thursday. So. Okay. Uh, Panthers have allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to perimeter receivers since week 13, so it's not a great matchup. And if his quarterback is out, Ridley's a risk. Uh, Drake London, again, last week we hated the Drake. We hate him again this week. The Bears have allowed one touchdown to a perimeter receiver uh, over the last four weeks. Uh, that Atlanta offense is hard to trust, even Bijan, yeah. because Arthur Smith is pulling the strings, and we never know what that. Hate guy the passing do. attack mostly. I mean, unless it's against the Buccaneers, I'm probably fading the Drake myself. Uh, Tyler Lockett is also a fade for me. I know he had a decent game last week, but Pittsburgh has been tough on receivers lately, allowing two touchdowns and the seventh fewest points since Week 13. And then Jacoby Myers, uh, you know, last week 7.2 points. I know he's been good at times this year, especially beginning of the year. But since Aiden O'Connell take, has taken over, the numbers have not really been great. Uh, and the Colts have allowed no touchdowns and the sixth fewest fantasy points to perimeter receivers over the last four weeks. So Jacoby Myers, uh, also a risk for me, Bob. Playing Garrett Wilson over Jacoby Myers. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the tight ends. Um, I, I'm guessing most of these guys you're maybe not playing over Garrett Wilson, but maybe you are. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Trey McBride did not have a great game last week. Yeah. Jimmy Crack Corn, and I don't care. I'm starting him this week uh, against the Eagles. Darren Waller is in play against the Rams. Uh, they have allowed the fourth most points of tight ends this year, uh, including eight touchdowns allowed. And Tyrod Taylor is starting for the G-Men. Uh, I like Kyle Pitts this week. Am I dumb? Don't make a joke. But their defense has allowed six touchdowns, the sixth most points to tight ends, and the third most catches. <clears throat> So is Pitts a startable asset this week, or am I crazy? He's a startable asset, but also, you know, we all have to understand what this offense is. It's very unfavorable to the pieces we like the best. So, uh, but, it, but, but I mean, like the yardage totals aren't bad for him. I mean, in a PPR league, I think it's reasonable. If you had Hawkinson, you know, and right. Jordan, or exactly. maybe Jordan Kincaid and he's gone in the toilet, I, I think Pitts is worth it. You know, he's not a must start, but I mean, the matchup's right. And then Gerald Everett, eight targets in three straight games. No team's given up more points to tight ends than the Broncos. Uh, you know, Keenan Allen's probably not going to play again. Why would he? So uh, Everett is in play for me. Uh, so is Chigakonkwo, uh against the Houston Texans. Sit him. Mm. Uh, and, and I want your opinion on a couple of these guys. We talked about Dalton Kincaid already, who has scored fewer than two points in two of his last three games, and he hasn't scored more than eight in a game in three weeks. Uh, it, it it coincides with Knox coming back. It, it also has something to do with the offensive coordinator uh, being changed. Dalton Schultz, though. So here's here's Dalton Schultz coming off a good game, 14 points. Uh, we obviously know Tank Dell's not going to play. Uh, maybe C.J. Stroud comes back. But the Titans have, uh, have held all but three tight ends to single digits. And the most points that the Titans have given up to a tight end this year is 10.9. Now they haven't faced a ton of really good tight ends, Bob. And they're also super, gen Dalton Schultz? He's they're super generous. To, super generous to wide receivers. I mean, you know, the you don't need the, the tight ends are playing a minimal role because the wide receivers are feasting. I think in part, I think he's a playable asset. Uh, I play him over Kyle Pitts. Okay. Um, what about Gerald Everett though? Uh, Gerald Everett, I'd probably play over both of them. Both of them, yeah. Uh, that, my thoughts uh, also. Against Pat Firemuth. Against the Seahawks, Frymouth had one good game all year. Uh, nope. Really, maybe two. Nope. Uh, he had that big game against Cincinnati. I think he had a good game earlier in the year. Everyone has well. a good game against Cincinnati. T typically, no bueno. He had nothing last week. 
Uh, the Seahawks have allowed one touchdown to a tight end at home. So uh, Fryer was not a great option. And then Tucker Craft, who had 10 points last week, which is not bad. You'll take that at tight end, especially from a guy who you picked up off the waiver wire. But here's the problem. Sunday night game, if the Packers wide receivers are not going to play, then Kraft becomes playable. We're not going to know. We may not know until it's too late. You got to play it safe. You got to sit Tucker Craft. Right. And, you know, also watch out for Luke Musgrave, who's designated to return, right. yeah. working on a limited basis this week. He started that last week. They designated him to return last week. I don't think he did much work. Though. All right. Uh, those are your starts and sits for the week. We gave you everything. DFS, Bob, look at him. He's exhausted from all of the information that has just come out of him. Uh, Bob, give the folks out there who are in their championships a little bit of advice uh, going into the biggest weekend in fantasy football. The, the avoid the outsmarting yourself, <clears throat> you know, look at your opponent's roster, see what you need look at the projected points. It's really easy to do on every, every platform, <clears throat> relax and make solid decisions. Don't rush everything. Listen and get all the information, every game, you know, except for tonight's game, you're going to have fallbacks on Sunday to all like 10 of the games are early in the day, the early afternoon window. So you'll have to make some decisions by them, but, um, but, but slow roll it up to there. Wait for all the information and make reasonable decisions based on what your opponent has. And don't reach, don't chase points, don't reach for points. Try not to outsmart yourself. Yeah. One thing you said there, looking at your opponent's team, you also like, I'll give you an example. Um, I'm in a league where I have Jared Goff and Justin Fields. I'm going to play Fields this week. My opponent has right. one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I'm I, off the top. I think he has Dak. I don't need Jared Goff. I'm cutting him. I don't need him. Right. right. Yeah. This One week, game, people. this week is a week where players that you that you would never think of really cutting, you can cut, and you would cut those players in order to ensure yourself at another position or block your opponent from getting someone. <clears throat> more now, I think that more <laughs> right. So, so for example, say that your opponent has a defense that doesn't have a great matchup this week, and they haven't picked up a defense that will potentially be better from a production standpoint. In my case, cut Jared Goff. You're going to play Justin Fields and pick up a good defense that could potentially be uh, a point producer this week to block your opponent from doing it. I'm all for blocking your opponents. I am. I will say this. I hadn't been for positional restrictions in the past. Um, some things have changed this year that might make me think twice about that next year. Uh, but if you've got no positional restrictions and you can block your opponent, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. But I, I think to a degree, it gets a little crazy. Like, for example, if you if your opponent doesn't have a, a good defense and you pick up four defenses, I, I mean, that that's why I'm kind of like four positional restrictions in crazy, like, you know, outlier cases like that. You know, I, I mean, I've heard of people... Bob, pick people up and drop them so they go on waivers so their opponent can't pick them up. Although I think a lot of platforms now have kind of stopped that. If you drop yeah. a guy, uh, if you pick up a guy and drop him within like 24 hours or something like that, he's still available. Um, you know, all's fair in love and fantasy football. Uh, so keep tabs on what your opponent is doing or not doing and set up your lineups um, intelligently, like Bob said. I also would say this. If we've learned anything in the last month, you have to think outside the box a little bit especially a quarterback. Don't be afraid to sit Patrick Mahomes. He's not been good lately. Okay. 
Uh, don't be afraid to sit some of these, you know, a Dalton Kincaid, who's not been good lately. Don't outsmart yourself, but utilize the process. Uh, don't trust it. You can follow it and make the best roster decisions that you can. So that's going to do it for our week 17 edition of the Believe Fantasy Football Show here. And of course, thanks for listening. We are presented by Bet Online. And then Toss, uh, real quick, brother, good luck in the championship this week. Hopefully you take home the gold. And um, it would be nice if the Cowboys could maybe win a game against uh, yeah. another good team. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll find Nobody out. Cares. Most of the country will be rooting against uh, our beloved Dallas Cowboys. So uh, for Toss, for Bob Harris, the great one, not the rock. Bob Harris is the great one, the legendary king. I am Fabs. Good luck in your championships. And we will talk to you guys next week where we will continue to discuss waiver wire and maybe go through what has been a very uh, tumultuous and confusing at times 2023 fantasy football season. We'll see you guys next week. Good luck. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming. And we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to people are the worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.